morning, everyone. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Great. Okay, so far. I'll see if I can't avoid ruining that. <laughs> Good luck. Thank you. <laughs> well, before we start, let's let's pray. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your great grace and mercy toward us. This morning, we're so thankful uh, of the blessing of fellowship that we share in your spirit, uh, the opportunity to see each other this morning, to uh, study together and to worship you together, to minister the word uh, by the power of your spirit to each other. Lord, we just pray that that's what will happen in this time in this class, that you would be uh, glorified, that your word would be correctly understood, that your spirit would use it in our hearts conform us to the image of your son. We pray that you would just bless, bless this time as we study your word together. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Uh, all right, so a little recap. What's this class about? Means of grace. Ordinary means of grace. That's right, the ordinary means of grace. And uh, what is that? What do we mean by the ordinary means of grace? Anybody? It's the means we take by which it extend God's grace to explain it, to instruct us in grace, and I, I don't know how else to... Good. Good, right. So grace is God's gifts to us, right? Grace is God's gifts to us. Uh, means is how something gets done. Ways and means, how something gets done. In this case, God's giving us gifts. So these are the ways that God gives us the gifts he's giving us. And ordinary is... This is, I mean, it got started being called this a long time ago. So ordinary might, it still means this, but in this case it means usual, right? Usual, not extraordinary, not weird, usual. What you would expect, God's ordinary means of grace. So it's not uh, these things we're calling the ordinary means of grace, and I, by we, I think this goes back to the Reformation, but uh, 500 years, we've been calling it, maybe before that. I'm not sure. So uh, we've been calling it the ordinary means of grace. They're not the only means of grace, but they are the usual ones, the typical ones. And, uh, and what are they? What have we listed off? Oh, I didn't write these on the board. What have we, what have we listed off so far? Well, I think we listed them all off as ordinary means of grace. Well, I was here last Sunday, so the preaching of the word. The preaching and teaching of the word, that's one, that's, that's one of them. And uh, uh, <clears throat> that's the one we talked about last Sunday. So there's a question I was going to ask you all already answered. Last week talked about preaching and teaching of the word. So, uh, this ordinary means of grace. What's another ordinary means of grace that we might have mentioned back on like the intro Sunday? 
weeks ago. Well, the scripture, the word of God. Itself. The word of God, right? So actually, the preaching of the word of God is a is a a particular way that the word is the word gets used as an ordinary means of grace. So, what what's one other? Just me, one other ordinary means of grace. Would then the reading of the word be? All right, we're gonna that yes, we'll call that the word. Yeah. Prayer. Prayer. That's an, there you go. There's another of the ordinary means of grace. So now I'm going to read some this old. This is from the uh, the Westminster Shorter Catechism in the chapter called the Ordinary Means of Grace, and it says, uh, "What is you know how this this goes? There's a question. What is the ordinary means of grace, or something like that? And then it gives the answer. So kids could memorize this because they didn't have books." Right, so they just mem you know the teacher would say it, they'd memorize the answer, and that's how they learned doctrine, right? So doctrine. So the answer to what is the ordinary means of grace? What does that mean? The shorter catechism says the outward and ordinary means whereby Christ communicates to us the benefits of redemption, and they are his ordinances, especially the word sacraments and prayer boom 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 all which are made effectual to the elect for salvation so we got the word sacraments prayer all right and we think there's a couple others that are ordinary that they missed back there when they were making up the Westminster Catechism which we're also going to talk about um, particularly church discipline the ordinary means of grace and uh, and then uh, when I was looking this up on the worldwide interstate this thing says look at Acts 2 41 and 42 Acts 2 let's look that up Acts 2 41 and 42 you know we're in the second chapter of Acts here so this is action this is the big kickoff, right, of the church. And Peter does the sermon. This is on the on Pentecost. And, uh, you know, 3,000 were added to their number that day. And uh, then it says this in Acts 2, verse 42. <clears throat> and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Boom. Like right then, on day one. The ordinary means of grace. There they are. Breaking of bread, that's communion and prayers. Apostles' teaching, that's the word. Okay? I mean, that's what I'm reading some apostles' teaching here. I'm reading it, right? That's the word. When it, it was it was not uh, written down yet, but that was it. Apostles' teaching, and the fellowship, so being with each other, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. So I think we might also, although technically it's not in the Westminster Shorter Catechism, we would include an ordinary means of grace would be uh, the, uh, us gathering together to to do the ordinances. All the ordinances, you have to gather together to do them. Maybe that's how it's covered, okay? So, uh, the gathering of us all together 
I would say, is an ordinary means of grace. We minister to each other. Um, all right, so we got great. We got ordinary means of grace. Grace being the gifts God's giving to us. More recap here. What gifts is God giving to us through these ordinary means of grace? What are some examples of gifts? Is that, is that the gift? same gifts that are in Corinthians? Like the gifts of the Spirit? Yeah, are those mm -hmm. the same thing? No, I don't think no. so. Good question, though. I think that, so it's a, it's a gift. Those come, I think those listed ones that are like spiritual giftedness directly from the Holy Spirit into us. We think so. Uh, so, what gifts are we getting by what? What gifts were these people receiving who devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers? What gifts was God delivering to those people and to us through the, these ordinary means? What's an example? Go ahead. Isn't it like the stuff that the Bible is good for reproof, for correction, for instruction? Aren't those the gifts that He's giving us? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, well, we've talked about that, right? Uh, two weeks ago, the Bible, the Word being one of the ordinary means, and what does the Word say that it's bringing to us? The Word says it's bringing to us those four things in 2 Timothy, right? Um, what was it? What were they? They were, I probably haven't written down right here in front of me, because <laughs> I should have them memorized. Make him say them again. <laughs> I don't think I only hit three, right? Yeah. Instruction, reproof, correction, and... Listen, I got them right here. They're part of today's lesson. I wrote them down. Where are they? <laughs> Good grief. Who wrote these in notes? Who wrote these notes? All right, well, I'm cheating. I'm going to Second Timothy. <laughs> Later today, we'll be talking about memorization. <laughs> rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you very much. <laughs> those are gifts, right? These are these are the gifts. Or those are examples of gifts that uh, God is giving us through these ordinary means. Um, <clears throat> Uh, everything he needs to give us to equip us for every good work he has prepared in advance for us to do, for one thing, especially through the Word. All right. Now, you might think about, we haven't talked about ordinances yet, like communion. What gifts does God give us through communion? We're gonna, I'm probably stealing some future teacher's thunder here. What is, what, I just, what's it, what, what gift do we get in communion? Let's just think ahead and see if the future teacher gets it right. <laughs> assurance. 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 A reminder that our salvation is not a, our work, not in our hands, not up to us, which is like almost like the gist of of uh, the gospel, right? We get reminded it was Christ's broken body, Christ bleeding on the cross that paid for our sins and enables us to be saved. We had a class a couple of months ago on sanctification 
and which is the the purpose of the gifts I mean I you know purpose of the gifts conform us to the image of his son right sanctify us as we walk and uh, <clears throat> allow us equip us to minister to other people to the world to each other all these purposes of the gifts God's giving us and so we had we looked at all kinds of gifts uh, that God gives us through these common means of grace reminders of the gospel of a saving grace seeing Jesus Christ in the scriptures in particular we see Jesus Christ we, we get to hear what he said we get to told what he did we get to we get warnings of dangers and things to avoid we get wisdom from the Psalms and the Proverbs and Ecclesiastes we get the law so we know what God is expecting in terms of behavior and thinking all that comes to us through these ordinary means of grace and conform the Holy Spirit uses all those things to conform us to the image of his son and uh, so that's that's what we're about Revel ooh, revelation of the fruits of the spirit what what might we receive from God that can't come from us love joy peace long-suffering fruitfulness fruitfulness all this stuff God's giving to us through the ordinary means of grace we're the power that it's coming through and the Holy Spirit's using it to change us from the inside out that was all recap folks we already discussed what we could discuss last week preaching and teaching of the word you know for a while long while very few Christians had any Bibles to look at so this preaching and teaching of the word was uh, ordinarily <clears throat> the only way that you would you would get a little dose of scripture uh, in your week. Uh, prime way then. So we are really going to have to rush to get all this in today. But last week we talked about preaching and teaching the word. And uh, there was one more subject we were going to get to last week, and we ran out of time. So David said, can you possibly add this in to next week? Speaking of throwing stuff over to the future teachers, <laughs> I might end up doing some of that myself today. So, uh, and that was this question. This preaching and teaching of the word, how is it connected to our roles as members of our families? How is it connected to our roles as members of our families? Well, isn't the father very responsible in regard to a lot of that? The, 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 the father has a role in his family. And the parents together have a role. And the mother has a role. In particular, preaching and teaching the kids. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. Um... Uh, now, we, we read, though, speaking of gifts, we read that chat or the verse about uh, last week, the week before, about he gave some to be preachers, some to be teachers, some to be apostles. So there were these particular giftednesses that were given out, um, and we would hope that our minister here has the gift of preaching and teaching. Probably does, yeah. So... But not, we, we also would say, well, but not every parent here 
has got that particular gift, and yet somehow we're responsible to preach and teach the gospel to our children. How does that work? How does that work? A lot of it is, a, I, I find it to be something that I, I have to live the life and so give a good example to my children. Good. Yeah? How else? Well, this is where it's extremely helpful to be part of a church so that you're not doing this on your own. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it on your own. Ultimately responsible in the home for for Mm -hmm. teaching. You know, you have that support system. You have Mm -hmm. people at church who are also teaching your kids. Using situations that occur Mm -hmm. inevitably with kids <laughs> um, yeah. to teach them about grace and mercy and um, what Christ did for us, why they have such a struggle obeying mm-hmm. because you're a sinner. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't call you a sinner because of the things that you've done. It's because it's who you are in mm-hmm. Just relating all of the, the troubles that they go through back to scripture. Hmm. Very good. Yeah, I might, I might as well just read my notes now. <laughs> okay, so so yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's it is with kids. I mean, I remember trying, you know, hey, on our way home from church, I want to we're going to interview the kids on what they were taught in Sunday school. <laughs> it seems like a thing to do. It would work. And uh, I don't know. It Gina. was totally annoying to everybody. And it's not productive. <laughs> and I, I, you know, it's. Uh, I think, uh, Damien, you're right. It's all about the timing when you're dealing with kids in the situation and your readiness. It's one of these things we don't think of applying it this way, but be ready in season and out of season to give a reason for the hope that's in you. With kids, man, you got to jump on the moment. When something happened, you know, there's trouble. Uh, when do kids want to talk about anything? In my experience, it was when they were trying to avoid bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> Our grandkids now. Oh, read me a story. Read me another story. Read me four more stories. <laughs> I'll trick them. Read them a Bible story. <laughs> read them a Bible story. There they are. And we got those cool books now with the illustrated Bible stories. Tell them a little bit about the word. Sneak some word in on them while they're just trying to avoid that. You know, they engage. Uh, Speaking the truths of the word when we get a, see an opportunity uh, praying I think mainly mainly praying for the spirit's wisdom in our words to, to, to see the opportunities and to know what to say The spirit is if anyone lacks wisdom let him ask of God If it's about teaching your kids the scriptures, this is Pure and simple need for that, right? So uh, making the most of every opportunity, I, you know uh, questions that come up, Damien, in the Bible, God tells us about this. That uh, that you're preaching the word, and uh, it won't return void. You no, know, it has its purpose. When the word gets used, 
It has its purpose. God has a purpose in it. So, Sheldon, oh. Yes. One of the best examples I can remember, Bruce Ware was here, and he was teaching, and he was sharing that he, in the morning, they had had their devotional time at breakfast, mm -hmm. and it was about God saying, I hold the waters of the world in my hand. And he could tell that didn't have the splash that he thought it would. <laughs> so they were in a place where they were out in nature mm -hmm. and there was a lake. So he said to the girls, get on your bathing suits, we're going swimming. So they go out there and he goes out in the water. He said, now I want y'all to stay up here on the deck thing and I want you to watch me and I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. So he goes out and gets in the water. He goes, now girls, I'm gonna reach down and scoop up this water and I want you to watch and see how far down the lake goes when I do. <laughs> so he scooped up water and the girls looked at each other and he goes, how far down did it go girls? And finally one of them said, uh, dad, it didn't move. And so anyway, then he related that back to God saying he holds all the water of the world in his hands. And I just thought, wow. Yeah. I mean, that spoke to me and I've remembered it this many years that um, just well, like y'all are saying, the appropriate time. And exactly, it's a great example of seeing and, and you know, noticing, hey, we're at the lake, hey. It's also a great uh, example of thinking about scriptures that you've recently been studying or reading, which we're going to talk about today if we have time. <laughs> All right, so that was recap and catch up. Uh, the last thing in my notes was the bringing our children to hear the word taught at every opportunity. So the this have been part of a fellowship where there's a children's ministry and the word is is taught to children of all ages and we can bring them. And they may spend a lot of time looking at the ceiling, but the word, Stephanie would know about that, <laughs> preschoolers, but they end up hearing the word before they leave. Um, all right, so this week we're, we're still talking about the word as an uh, ordinary means of grace. And uh, uh, last week we talked about preaching and teaching of the word. This week we're going to talk about our individual engagement with the word. Our personal engagement with the word. Okay? So, uh, and we're going to, if time permits, we're going to talk about four kinds of personal engagement with the word. One reading, two, uh, studying, three, meditating, I remember this one, all right. Memorizing, personal engagement with the Word, so uh, more or less our individual engagement with the Word, although we'll see that branches out a little bit. So what is reading the Bible? <laughs> actually reading it. Actually reading it. Very good. Yes, actually reading it. So I do have a question about that. I'm trying to because I'm having some problem with my eyes. Is it the same thing as just listening to it? Listening yes. to yeah. it, yes. Okay. Yes. yes, in fact, one cheap trick 
to read the Bible more that I've thought of, can't say I did it very much, <laughs> but uh, is listening to it in the car on my way to work mm-hmm. and back. Now, Historically, there have been entire groups of people that were illiterate, so the only yeah. way yeah. to read the Bible was to hear someone else. Only way was to hear someone else read it. And sometimes that's all they were getting. They weren't really getting preaching, right? right? They were just getting reading. Just dictation. Yeah. In fact, a lot of churches we go to when we're on vacation, part of their service is just to read. Like We do that psalm. You know, some churches, they do a psalm, they do a section of the gospel, they do a section of the Old Testament. One other thing. Stephanie. Well, it's the Old Testament, the New Testament, and the Gospels. The Gospels. Okay, thank you. The Word of Christ. Just read. Just read. It's independent of the preaching which comes later in the service and might or might not be related to those passages. Right? So, uh, reading. Um, you know, the other thing about it, just re- the reading the words of the scripture is it's, it's the simplest, it's primary, but and, and all these other ones that we're talking about depend on it. You can't really do any of these without having first done that one, right? So, you know, reading or listening, but just the te- getting that text in, right? Yeah, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't cutting yeah. corners here. <laughs> no, that's an add-on. So, um, and... Uh, What's the most important thing about reading the Bible when you're reading the Bible, would you say? Paying attention? Paying attention? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that too. Paying attention. However many, how, now, so who here has been reading the Bible one time, and you're reading along, you're reading along, and you, all of a sudden you realize you don't remember what you just read. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah you don't remember what you just read your eyes like took in the words and they went somewhere technically you read I uh, in my formative years I think this was when I was probably about a sophomore in high school uh, in my family oh the whole time we were growing up there were five of us kids and dad was gone a lot and so every day when you got home from school you had to pick from a list on the refrigerator of two chores Two chores. Yeah, every kid had to do two chores. There were five of us. And, uh, <clears throat> like, brush the dog for 20 minutes. This dog with an infinite supply of hair. <laughs> you could brush the dog for 20 minutes. You'd have fistfuls. No difference on the dog. <laughs> do it every day. Every day. No difference on the dog. Anyway, well, one of the chores that uh, one time, and it was probably every week, was vacuum the living room and dining room. And it's a pretty large combination living room and dining room, probably the size of this room. And it had this two-inch blue shag carpet. This was in the early 70s. <laughs> yeah. And we had we this funny vacuum cleaner with these long pointy thing attachments on the rake thing. And it was like a rake. Yeah. Anyway, the big kids were supposed to do that one. You weren't, you know, the little kids were supposed to do the brush the dog for 20 minutes. So big kid chore was... Uh, vacuum so I'd done the vacuuming my dad got home from work later and uh, he said hey who did the vacuuming <laughs> I did I did he's come in here <laughs> he's looking around what what I thought you said you did the vacuuming I'm like, I did <laughs> he's like well look I'm like yeah there was, there was stuff 
<laughs> back where I vacuumed. And you can still see the tracks from my brick. And Dad said, so the thing is about vacuuming, it's not about just going over the carpet with the rake thing. It's to get the carpet clean. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Which really slows us down. Really <laughs> You're going to get this done in 10 minutes and get on with your life. This get it clean is a drag. <laughs> but, it's, but that's what it's like. So when reading the Bible, the real reason is, is not to just like have the words go by you. It's to understand what you just read understand what you just read so you're seeking so we read it with this expect or this seeking of understanding would be the primary thing about reading the bible and uh <clears throat> so so it's that that the focus the focus we bring to to our reading so how, how do we uh how do we bring focus to our reading get away from distraction oh get away from distractions that's like the primary one, isn't it? Get away from distractions. I think practice. Practice. The more many back-to-back days it goes on, the more and more you just dive right in. You get you get better at switching gears from your whatever you're in the middle of doing, uh, you know, what you're going to do next. You get better at switching that gear, locking down on this. Yeah. Something that I notice is that I'm actually enjoying it now. You know, it's like a. Mm-hmm. It was used to be a chore. Now it's a. I look forward to mm-hmm. doing it, you know. Yeah. Sure. It's not always easy, but try to have some routine with it or some routine around it um, to put some structure to it. So sure. it feels that gets back to that yeah, being able practice. to shift change gears. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Agree. Um I'd add a couple things. Uh pray. Mm, yeah. Pray. There's a verse on one nineteen eighteen. Psalm 119, all about the Word. Eighteen. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. It's a prayer. In fact, really, you know, the Word is meaningless without the engagement of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit isn't involved in our reading of the Word, then nothing is happening of use. Right, so surround, praying that that will happen. A number one is in the will of God, and God will deliver on His will. And we we ask and seek that engagement. Holy Spirit, help me engage with this work while I'm reading. <coughs> help me understand what you're telling me. Well, uh, this is what I'm reading. And we could be about to read something that's really hard to understand. The reason we need to read it, right? Some genealogy. I hope this is not a failure. I yep. hope it's not going to be a, uh, just a waste of time to ask the question, but for me, I wonder, you know, whenever we were kids, we listened to music all the time, and you don't really think about it, but you absorb these words, and you actually know the song one day, and you're like, is it, like, can I be listening to this and actually be absorbing some of this, and I don't know. Yes. Absolutely. Well, especially if you, especially if you pray to that end. I think it's quite likely that if you're listening, as opposed to reading, that if you're listening and you have prayed to a, for the Holy Spirit to use what you're hearing, 
to for to for you to understand it and for it to do whatever he wants it to do in your heart, even if you don't even know what that is. Yeah. That's all that's all part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially so. if you're uh, listening in the car. Yeah. If you're listening in the car and you want to make sense of it, you can't really remove distractions. The distractions are other people. In the yeah. Room. Please. <laughs> yeah. Don't remove all like, the distractions. Pra- yeah. Practically, it means like, you know, in the car, focusing on what you're listening to may look different than if you were at home yes. in a quiet space. So yeah. I think to your point of, you know, prayer, it's important just to to couple that with scripture, just to Amen. say like, Lord, I don't, I don't have time to sit down, but I'm going to listen and I'm going to listen on my way to work. And I hope that, you know, by the Spirit's power, you help me absorb and, and remember some of this. Yeah. You know, it's as simple as just going to the Lord and, and having the Holy Spirit sort of help you take in what it is that you're hearing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, you Absolutely. know, as it relates to music, you know, music, you're listening to the same songs repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And so I think that can be true about the Word also. If you're reading the same passage repeatedly, you know, like daily for some amount of time or over and over again, I think it does go into your, it does become a part of your thinking. Um, Just like music becomes a part of your thinking because you're listening to these songs again. Yes. Repeatedly. Hmm. Yes. I, I would say also the exercise of prayer helps us to remember that we're not simply just reading a book. We are we we are reading God's word that points us that is His revelation to us that allows us to know our heavenly Father to mm-hmm. know Christ. So prayer puts us in that position of admitting of, of saying that this isn't just just words on a page. That's right. This is the words of life. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, I think uh, I mean if you think about what is this if you remember I was looking up Proverbs 2 1 through 5 it says my son if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding yes if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God it's this this desire to get these gifts from God from this stuff I'm reading from this scripture that I'm reading I mean what is the what is what is it we're reading it's God talking to us God is talking to you in this word there's letters from God to you these are some of them literally are letters from God to you uh, Messages from God to you, God sharing his thoughts with you, um, God sharing stories that he thinks are important for you to hear. That's what's happening. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty uh, uh, amazing. There's a little book. We got handed this book. <laughs> we got handed this, oh, I didn't bring my copy. <laughs> uh, we got into this little book by J.C. Ryle, uh, how, how Do You Read the Bible? And I thought it was going to be practical tips, like, you know, clear away distractions and stuff like that. It's totally motivational about oh, yeah. wh- why to read the Bible. Like, this stuff about all this val- this stuff directly from God to you that's in the Bible waiting for you to go there and get it. And, uh, uh, you know, it's good. If you get a copy, we should pass out copies. 
when you graduate from this class, you're all going to receive a copy. <laughs> okay, so it's the oracles of God, Romans 3.2. We are not going to get everything. <laughs> Romans 3.2. The oracles of God. Right? Where is it? Where is it? God's talking about, or Paul is talking about something else. What advantage has the Jew, or what is the value of circumcision? Much in every way, the advantage of being Jewish. To begin with, the Jews were entrusted with the oracles of God. That's as far as we're going to read that. The oracles of God. Oracles are, uh, we think, I think, when I think of oracles, I don't know why, because the first time I heard the word, I, it's like the man on top of the hill, right? It's the seer, it's the wise person. But this is plural. So the other meaning of oracle, or if you say oracles, it means the messages themselves. The messages themselves. So we have the, the messages from God, uh, <clears throat> and these are the means. So we already talked about uh, teaching. What is true? What was it? Teaching? What is true? Reproof? What is not true? You know, error. Reproof is... Sorry, that's incorrect, right? Mm -hmm. What is true, reproof, what is, what is not true. Uh, correction, what is good behavior and thinking? Or no, what is bad? Correction is what's bad, right? What is bad? Whoops! Let me correct that. Correct that thinking, correct that behavior. Training in righteousness, what is good? Thinking and behavior, right? It's probably more to it than that. Probably teach a sermon series on those four things. But that's... that's uh, Right there, uh, Romans 15.4, just a few minutes over there. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, which we just touched on, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So in addition to those four things, by way of four, those four things, it kind of says, we also get encouragement and hope from the Word. Great gifts, great grace gifts coming to us through the Word, encouragement. By the way, what turns uh, words, messages, into a heartfelt feeling like encouragement? What turns mess? Why well, can you get encouragement by? Well, how does that happen? How do you get encouragement? Is kind of like a feeling, right? Isn't that the Holy Spirit's work? Ta-da! Um, yes, the Holy Spirit turns the words into a feeling, into a heartfelt that thing in your heart of encouragement, a real thing. Okay. Stuff created by the Holy Spirit. So, what are some helpful approaches to reading the Bible? <clears throat> what are some helpful approaches to reading the Bible? We already talked about setting it up with a few distractions. What else helps? Accountability with someone else. Accountability. Ah. Good. Yeah, accountability. Someone else. Yeah, I, I, I made a commitment to read. That, they could possibly ask me, but even if they don't, I made a commitment to read. Okay, set up accountability. What else? 
What about some kind of uh, reiteration, um, maybe even quizzing kind of thing? Quizzing? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah? Something that's been helpful for me in thinking of consuming a word in terms of food, like, when I'm not in the word, I don't feel like reading it. I haven't developed a taste for it. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I'm needlessly starving myself from consuming his words. But as soon as I just make myself sit down and do it, because I know that it's good for me, the more that I do that, the more I develop a taste for it, and the more I'm hungry for it, and the more I enjoy it. And just because I, you know, fell off the train a week ago, you know, it doesn't mean I should continue to starve myself right. or just sit down and eat. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to be a big to do. It doesn't have to be. This perfect moment where every, everyone else is asleep in the house and all is quiet. Like reading it, some is better than reading it none. Right. You know? So even if you can't sit down with your cup of coffee in your Instagram-worthy situation, like <laughs> yeah. just listen to it yes. in the car, or yeah. even listen to it as you're yeah. talking to your kids, and because they'll yeah. be consuming it too. You know, like yeah. It's Thinking of it like itself. food. Okay, I like that. Thinking of it like food. You know, if we don't have a lot of time to eat, we uh, grab a, um, you know, granola bar, or whatever they're called now, and eat it in the car. Right. <laughs> I mean, we, 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 take, we take it when we can get it, if that's when we can, right? So it's like food. It's also like, I think, I think thinking of it like food is somewhere later in these notes we're not going to get to, which is uh, thinking of it as food. Uh, thinking of it as uh, someone has cooked a meal and put it on the table, but we're too busy to go eat it. Okay, so that's, so if we skip a meal, it's sitting there, we skip a meal. We're not going to benefit from that meal. We might be able to get back later and eat it cold. Well, that would be better than missing it all together. Or we, you know, we might put it in the fridge and eat it tomorrow. But that would be better than missing it all together. So, so just thinking of the word and our engagement with the word at like we think of food is probably pretty good motivational thing. And get in a good and actually it's conceptually accurate. We're not going to be covering that, but man does not live by every <laughs> by bread alone, but by every word which proceeds from the mouth of God. That's in Deuteronomy, and then Jesus quotes it to the devil. Right? That's truth. Think of it like food. Okay, we accidentally covered something we weren't going to get to. All right. Here's other hints. Other hints I thought of. Use a study Bible. So if you're reading. Very often when I'm reading the Bible, I go, uh, that didn't quite make sense to me. And then I see an asterisk or a little number, and I read, I jump down, and I see what, you know, some real, some preacher, teacher person has noticed that everybody has this question, and they answer it. And I go, oh, yeah, yeah, and I keep reading. So a study Bible, to just have that quick reference to somebody who studied this a lot more than I have, what did that just mean? Why does that, you know... That didn't make sense in English. What does it mean? It's right there in the study Bible. Uh, have a notebook. If I'm actually trying to learn anything, I have to take notes. Like when I was getting ready to teach this, I was reading the Ryrie book. I, was, I got a whole page of notes from that Ryrie book. 
and then I kind of remembered the book and what it, what the points were. I, not that I could rattle them off, but I, oh yeah, where is that? My not. So keep, for me, if I'm trying to understand what I'm reading, keeping notes, some people do this highlighter. Like when I was in school, highlighter. Some of my friends had four colors of highlighters and four colors of colored pens. This is a very nerdy school and a pocket protector. All right, so the, but I've seen people with their Bibles. You open the Bible, it's like, there's notes in the margins, there's highlights, there's underlines. So they don't have a notebook, they just write the notes right on it. Good stuff, works for some people uh, and uh, my, it helps read. Margin notes, highlights, have a plan for what part of the Bible you'll read next so it's not like random. That's been a huge thing because when you're trying to establish a daily routine, right. you open it up every day and you're like, well, what do I read now? I'm like, well, the songs are always fun and easy to read. It's like having a, like mm -hmm. a Bible reading plan that you're going through, it's almost like going to a school where they have uniforms. Like you don't have to worry about what you're yes. going to wear. You just, yes. it's chosen for you. And so it's almost like even just the sovereignty of God is like, this is what you're going to read today, along with thousands of other people. Yep. And it's funny how what you read that day, or that week, pops up like when you're in Sunday school and you're like, wow, I just read that this week. Like, the Lord must be <laughs> wanting me to really it's Almost as that. if there's a God. Yes. Who's in control of that? Who's really yeah. looking into this reading of his um, word? It's really amazing, isn't it? It's amazing how often that happens. Yeah, I concur. I know this about myself. I do not read the Bible unless I'm on a plan. And then if I have a plan, I'm like 95% perfect. Like, I rarely miss a day if I have a plan. But if I don't have a plan, no sin. if I have no plan, I won't at all. Like, it just, it's totally what I have to do to be in the Word. I mean, I think, and plus it also helps us with this every word thing that Jesus quoted about every word. Well, hmm, that means sooner or later I should... Uh, try to have covered every word and then maybe again later and so forth. So every word, we're just not going to do it. Something's going to have to force me to read those genealogies, right? So the, 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 the plan is there. Um, there's other study tricks, uh, but now let's, you know what, we'll shift into study. Because now what we're doing is we're shifting into, like already taking notes is a little bit like studying. Still mostly reading. Starting to shift into studying. And uh, so let's so studying. What's what we what do we add to turn reading into studying? Explanation. Yeah. Explanation. Right. So now we're going to uh, we're going to be looking in the scripture. We're going to have lists of questions. Inductive Bible study. Some words as a thing. Right. Well, every every passage you read. After you read it, you stop for a second and say, "All right, was this about? Was this was this teaching, reproof, correction, or instruction in righteousness? Was was what I just read any of that? Did it do any of that?" And so now we're we're shifting into some some sort of analysis and deeper understanding on top of the reading, right? So studying, um, there's there's all kinds of different sets of these study questions. What does it teach about God? What does it teach about Jesus, the Holy Spirit, mankind, myself? So, right, these are, this is just laying some study questions right on top of reading that people have made a lot of hay with, 
right? I mean, this this is in discipleship programs when they teach people to read the Bible or new Christians and how. Also have this sheet of questions and after you read, see if you found any of this kind of stuff in there. There's a, like I printed, I, I Googled one. <laughs> Inductive six question Bible study method. Six, look at all these questions. Different questions for different kinds of scripture. Study. All right. How else? Uh, commentaries. Right? So now I'm, I'm, I've got Matthew Henry or you know, Charles Ryer or somebody who's thought about it and written a commentary of what this passage is that I'm, I'm not just reading it now, I'm studying it. Okay, I'm getting other, a lot of help with what does it really mean, what have other people thought, what are different interpretations and why is this the one we come out with, all that kind of added information to help us learn more from what God is showing us in his word. Uh, uh, Bible study books. See, if I was reading Philippians, I could order a Bible study book 12-week series on Philippians. It goes into depth has all these quiz questions. Every, what, what, why do you think he says this in verse such and such? That, uh, oh, that's a good thought. And, uh, you know, so we can have study guides to study. We would want to have a notebook. If you're studying, you'd want to have a notebook probably for study of like a ring by the one that folds flat. So we can, we can write, <laughs> Uh, Bert's making fun of me by your can, can I make one I, you're not you're making fun of yourself. I no. was laughing along. <laughs> just quick just quick questions. Yes. So I'm sorry to say it this, this way, but it's kinda like you guys are at the level of doing a PhD and you're studying study guides and stuff like that. I'm trying to I'm trying to basically still drink milk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like the baby thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering how much of that do I really need to get into before I just start reading the word? And you know what I mean? It just oh, I would definitely start by reading. That's a great question. So it all starts by reading. And the the reason we we the reason we go on and study as another is just another form of personal engagement is to take advantage of other people's study, basically. Other yeah. people's study. I'm just wondering though, should I yeah. instead of instead yeah. of reading the whole book this week? Go in one chapter and just study it like yeah. crazy PhD level. You get you'll, no you'll reason get. not to. Either way is great. So so this thing. So if you're going to study Philippians, like say, well, I'm going to read Philippians, but I want to make sure that I want to get this. I want to really understand what Philippians, what God is really trying to tell us Christians in Philippians. Then you could get a book that's about Philippians, and it breaks it up into like little tiny pieces. And talks about what you know Paul was referring to, and what you know what people think this means, and gets into a lot of detail. Why did he write this letter to the Philippians? What was going on with all the context of Philippians? Context is really important in understanding. For example, a letter. Why did he write? You know, do we have any reason? Do we have any inkling of why he wrote this letter and why he says these nasty things to these people in this letter? <laughs> anyway, so Philippians was not a nasty letter. But uh, anyway, the uh, uh, so yeah, I mean, this is, it's, a, it's, I would say, 
in addition to reading, to dig for more understanding, resources. Yeah. That helps. Um, uh, all right, so we're about out of time. Oh, one final thing about studying. Most of us who have ever used one of these study books got roped into it how? By joining a Bible study. A Bible study. So, at Bible studies, week, like a weekly Bible study, and a very typical of weekly Bible studies is to pick a book like this and say, for the next 12 weeks, we're going to study Philippians together. But, we're only going to meet for about an hour a week. So, what we're really doing it is studying it individually and having a little debrief at our Bible study. Right. Awesome. Add-on. Now, that's with other people. That's, but it's mostly individual engagement, isn't it? It's mostly... It's, in fact, if you're a Bible study leader, the thing that you really love is when no one has done the homework. <laughs> and there you have... You've got all these questions and everybody's going like, mm. I didn't have time for that. <laughs> but everybody who did study during the week, that was individual engagement. And, it, and you know, it's it, the, that accountability thing. Oh, I, got, I, better, I better do the thing for today or I won't be ready for the thing on Thursday at breakfast. I won't be ready. So, um, by joining a Bible study group, uh, that's going to enable you to share what you learned that's ministering the word to other people. It's going to enable them to share what they learn. Questions like, the part I didn't get was this. And then somebody else will go, oh, yeah, well, the way I understood that was blah, 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 and bing, light goes on. Okay. And uh, so uh, adding the other people's insights to your own. Okay. <clears throat> Should I invite them in? <laughs> uh, okay. Now we're going to cover the last two in one or two minutes. Meditation. So what's what's meditation? <laughs> what is meditating on the word? Thinking. Reflecting. Thinking. Thinking. Psalm 119.11. We don't have time to look it up. So, nope, oh, that's not it anyway. It was Psalm 1, 1 and 2. He who meditates on it day and night. It says meditates on it day and night. Psalm 1, 1 and 2. Um, thinking about it, right? That's really spending time thinking about it. Um, so, one thing you could do if you have a reading time is read for whatever your reading time is, cut back by seven or eight minutes, and then spend the last seven or eight thinking about what you just read. That's meditating. Like, uh, you know, what is God really trying to tell me here? And uh, thinking about it. what does it really mean? Um, <clears throat> uh, it's really meditating and memorizing kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, they do. Um, because if you haven't memorized, then you know being able to meditate on it night and day is almost impossible because you don't have the words in front of you to meditate on, right? Yep. So if you're driving in the car and you, you forgot your, your audio book mm -hmm. and you're driving in the car, but 
you've got a blank page, mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to meditate on anything. Mm -hmm. But if you remember what you read, yeah. then it's easier to meditate on. Yes. Amen. A couple other things about meditation uh, that I ran across in preparing for today. If you took, if you wrote notes when you were reading, you can get that notebook out, spiral bound, folds flat. You can get the notebook out at lunchtime and reread your notes and remember that scripture you read and what you wrote about it, what struck you about it. You're, you got to read something while you're eating your lunch, or unless you're like refereeing the kids. But the, the uh, but um, uh, as we walk through the day, someone said, uh, ask of the things we observe. What does God's word say about this? Am I seeing something that bears witness to a truth from Scripture? Do I, uh, <clears throat> You know, do I see something that shows that God is creator, that God is provider, that God is gracious and merciful, that God is trustworthy? These things that I know from Scripture, I'm using what I'm seeing as I walk through my day to ask to, to look for God, look for truth, truth, things I know are true about God in what I'm engaged in, what I'm seeing. What has Scripture taught me about what I'm doing right now? Um, <clears throat> okay. Memorization, quickly. What other things in life do we memorize? Checklists. Checklists. Things that are important to us. Things that are important to us. Yeah, yeah. what to do if the motor quits, that's what Jeremy's talking <laughs> So, uh, things that are important to us, we memorize. Uh, we do, uh, people that do, to get good at uh, sport, uh, do a, they have a thing they call muscle memory by doing something doing something over and over and over the correct way now that they're doing it the correct way without thinking becomes uh, possible um, the word uh, the word that applies to our situation comes to mind because we have memorized it now we might not remember the reference uh, but we the word is right there like, does this, does what this person sound true to me? No, it doesn't. Because God says, da, da, da. where did I get that? That came from when I was memorizing stuff when I was in the fourth grade. Okay, so that was um, God's word abiding with us. And like, a giant, if your words abide in me, we'll ask what you, you will, and it will be granted to you, Jesus says in John 15, 7. And... That's, that's, the memorization is, is God's word like literally abiding in us and uh, basically affecting the way we think and aligning, uh, aligning our desires with his desires. I've hidden my words in, in I've hidden your words in my heart. Mm. Why am I not sin against thee? That's 119.11, Psalm 119.11. Um, <clears throat> okay. Day and night. Medita med memorizing enables meditation. I, I meditate on your scriptures day and night. Take a few minutes to memorize the verse that prompted the insight you had that you made a note about. You had an insight while you were reading, you made a note about it, memorize that verse. Take a few minutes, to that counts also as meditation. Okay.
spiritual knowledge by bread alone, but by every word that comes out from the mouth of God. Look at Deuteronomy 8.3. This will be our last thing. Deuteronomy 8.3. Who can read that? He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So this, the Bible ties the word with food. And right there. And Jesus quotes that. And, and uh, so there's this idea of daily. So we talk about reading your Bible every day. There's advantages to do it and just being able to do it at all. Getting on that role of reading it every day. But... When I, when I was thinking about, you know, how do we see the scriptures as food, a daily need, as a meal that's been prepared for us, that we, we may or may, we might skip, okay? We might not show up to eat. Uh, you know, I was thinking about all this stuff, it was basically, you know, by... By studying the Word, by reading it, studying it, meditating on it, memorizing it, some of it, we're setting ourselves up to have, to engage with it every day, right? So even if we miss a day of reading, we don't have to miss a day of engaging with it because we could remember some of it. We could think about it. So even if we didn't get a chance to go to the reading, we could still engage with the Word by remembering something we'd read recently, or remembering what we heard on Sunday from the preaching. Or even, happens to me all the time, I remember one of these songs we sang. I'll find myself like remembering the lyrics, like singing the song in my head that we sang on Sunday morning, that scriptural truth. And so I think we, we do have, it's not impossible and to, to really engage with the Word personally every day. Yeah. And it, it sets us up to unwrap a gift from God. I think that's that why day. we're given the, given the directive to sing to each other yeah. songs, yeah. hymns, and spiritual songs. Yeah. Because those things get stuck in our brain. Yeah. Right? Amen. Yeah. All right, we're way out of time. I'm going to pray and we'll be dismissed. <clears throat> Dear God, thank you for this time you've given us to be together in your word this morning. Lord, I just pray that your spirit would uh, use your word to draw us closer to you, to conform us with the image of your son, or to uh, look to you for our daily bread, uh, Lord, to unwrap the gifts that you are giving us through your word every day. Lord, I pray that you would be with us likewise in the service to come and likewise use the words we sing and the words we read and the preaching of the word to shape us, to conform us to the image of our, our, your son um, and to encourage and strengthen us in the work and, that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen.